Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. So, yeah. What's our what's our podcast about again? We watch romantic comedies <laughs> in chronological order. I feel like we've watched too many. Too many? Yeah. Like, have you reached your limit yet, Justine? Kind of. Are we changing the podcast? I'm like right on the line of like, fuck romantic comedies. <laughs> like, you bastards then i have a treat for you today okay my darling what is our treat today we're watching 2001's hedwig and the angry inch yes and it's a musical it is and you know this is the point where you know where i'm like fuck it we're watching movies that i want to watch and just like (laughs) thinly veiling them like yeah there's a romantic comedy (laughs) there's it's about love and it's funny (laughs) (laughs) Thus, it's a romantic comedy. So fuck this genre. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Well, there's only so much that you could, like, eventually take Mm -hmm. of, like, especially in the 2000s. It it really is just cringy. Yeah. And I'm just kind of over it. (laughs) Like, when do they start getting better again? I think 2004, so we've got some years. Stupid Hollywood. Stupid fucking bullshit. But what's this movie about? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I want to note that we're in the same room together. (laughs) Yeah, you're very excited about that. I'm I'm super excited. Very like... Well, you're not excited? I'm depressed. Why? Not because of this. Just the world. Oh. I'm I'm in one of my... You're in a mood? uh, Yeah. I'm like, fuck the world today. Yeah. It's gloomy outside. I'm just giving double middle finger to the world today. Nice to the gloom. Okay. Well, I like I said, I think this movie will cheer you up if you're if you're into it. I okay. Mean, here's what it's about, as uh, noted on DVD.com. After a botched sex change operation, East German glam rocker Hansel becomes Hedwig and travels across the United States with a stage show following her ex-boyfriend and former bandmate and telling her life story. Hedwig's offbeat show slays audiences, but in diners, not clubs. I hate that last line. It's totally yeah, not needed. Why does that need to be it's there? It's not needed. Uh, this whole thing, I'm like, I could I could rewrite this. I think I'm going to rewrite this okay. later. That sounds like a plan. Yeah. This, I saw this, I have seen this movie a lot. I'm surprised I actually don't own it. But I think it used to be, like, streaming a lot. It's one of those. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Which means I will have to buy it in some form. I just buy it digitally. Yeah. That's what people do now, right? I'm just so pessimistic today, so things are going to take a different light. Okay, so the same roommate who made me watch But I'm a Cheerleader introduced me to this movie as Mm -hmm. well. So, you know, kind of in the same vein. It reminded me, like... It's like the new kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it got real big mm-hmm. on Broadway because the, they redid the show. Right. So it started out off Broadway. Yeah. Uh, from John Cameron Mitchell creating this character. It's kind of like a one woman show sort of deal. Yeah. And then he turned it into the movie, which became very much a cult classic. Mm-hmm. And they would do midnight screenings. Like Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like oftentimes with Rocky Horror. Yeah. With a shadow cast. 
And then, yeah, they revived it on Broadway recently with, with Neil, Patrick. Neil Patrick Harris, which is like the dream casting yeah. of Hedwig. So and do you know who replaced him? Darren Chris. Yeah. I know. I know we could have saw him and I didn't. I Because I didn't have money and a crappy ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Fucking Pantages tickets. They are outrageously it, the theater here is so outrageously expensive compared to chicago and nobody dresses up i, I was so angry at hamilton i was just like you people have no class fucking de- jeans and a t-shirt lady in the the yeah. freaking bathroom i was just like you are out of place ma'am well, it's it's a tourist time kind of <sighs> stop it's hollywood yeah i know i know okay so back to hedvig I haven't seen it done on stage, which I really wanted to, but then I didn't. So, But I've seen the movie uh, Bunches and the soundtrack I really like. This character, uh, I think maybe back in 2001, we would say was a, a trans character. Uh, but now John Cameron Mitchell, I don't know when this came about when he declared like, no, Hedwig is genderqueer, you know? Yeah. Um, which we'll get into more after we watch the movie. Uh, another thing I wanted to note for people who are watching it in today's world is that the, the character of Yitzhak is played by a woman. The character is male, but the character is not trans. The character is just male, played by a woman, and that's how it's always been on stage. Isn't it supposed to be like an androgynous reference yeah i mean it says in the wikipedia that it's continuing the gender bending quality Mm -hmm. of the show i've also heard that because the singing role is for a higher voice Mm. as well so this movie stars john cameron mitchell uh, michael pitt and miriam shore who had a small cameo in bedazzled (gasps) there's a bedazzled connection (laughs) that there is i like bedazzled Oh yeah, John Cameron Mitchell also picked up uh, being on the in, the in the Broadway tour for a couple a couple weeks. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he he put those heels back on. Rocket boy. Yeah, dude, I'm so hyped to see his latest movie. The like, uh, he, he adapted a Neil Gaiman book. Oh, that's right, he did. Uh, yes, this movie is directed by John Cameron Mitchell, of course. Duh. Duh. It is edited by Andrew Marcus, a man who has two first names. <laughs> that he does. The additional editor was Myron I. Kirsten, someone else who has two first names. <laughs> See, so, but his works better because of the initial. Mm-hmm. Andrew needs an initial. Yeah. The first assistant editor for Toronto is Annalie Rose Samuel. Why do these people all have first names as their last names? I don't know. I love it. But here's a uh, first assistant editor is Maisie Weissman. Okay, that's the last name. Yeah. And the assistant editor was Perry Pivovar. I don't know if that's a last name or not. Pivovar. 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 Var. I can't do the rolling of the R's. <laughs> this movie is rated R, which is our favorite rating. <laughs> For adult content, graphic language, mild violence, nudity, and strong sexual content. See, it's like I'm bringing you a gift, Ashley. Violence, though. A gift. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, it's an hour and 35 minutes. It's rated three and a half stars on DVD.com. And it's been nominated for a ton of awards. Actually, it won the Audience Award for Drama at the 2001 Sundance Film Festival. 
Mm. Where it was also nominated for the Grand Jury Prize for Drama. So that's when it really like broke out. Yeah. Sundance. At the 2002 Independent Spirit Awards, John Cameron Mitchell was nominated for Best Male Lead while also being nominated for Best Director. And the film was nominated for Best Feature. And uh, John Cameron Mitchell was also nominated at the 2002 Golden Globe Awards for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. But it got shut out of the Academy Awards. It's too indie. Mm. Yeah, but you know nowadays. Yeah. That, nowadays. That isn't a issue as much. Yeah. Back in the, the upswing of the indies. Yeah. Uh, so that is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Do you always want to say itch? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I always want to say itch. I have a memory of listening to the soundtrack in the car with my parents and my mom did not like it because they say the word penis and vagina <laughs> and she kind and she thought that was vulgar which is weird for your mother yes for, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's also something that i can imagine your mother doing being offended yeah by the word penis yeah <laughs> rock musical like it's, it's surprising but also when i think about it i'm like oh, okay yeah i can see that happening yeah sorry mom sometimes you're strangely conservative for being a punk rocker yeah right <laughs> <laughs> my mom wouldn't refuse to let us watch rocky horror for the longest of times and i'm like why it's just legs mom yeah i grew up watching rocky horror it, it was one of my yeah. favorite movies like when i was seven i don't know <laughs> Lots of people say that. And yeah. I'm like, no, my mom wouldn't. It would come on TV for like a Halloween special yep. or something. We'd watch it every Halloween. <laughs> and she wouldn't let us watch it. She would always like change the channel or we would be like going somewhere else. And I'm like, but I want to watch this. There's music and mm -hmm. it's a Disney movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what my tiny little brain associated mm -hmm. musicals with. Uh. So, you know. <laughs> Nope. And I was like the lips, like the lips at the, be we'd always see the lips at the beginning. And I'm mm -hmm. like, this is fascinating. It is. It really is fascinating. There's nothing else like Rocky Horror. No. Not even, not even Hedwig, which is probably the thing that comes closest. It's interesting. They were doing, they talking about this on the radio. They did a study um, recently about how young women are more, apt to identify as bisexual than mm -hmm. as a lesbian that there are and that more lesbians do not want to date somebody who identifies as bisexual oh, like it's yeah. becoming more and more of a thing yeah that women are are self-identifying as bisexual but it's also it's, but it's the you're saying it's the next generation but it's the next generation and mm -hmm. it's making it or it's the next generation is less likely to define themselves as like pigeonhole their, yeah. their sexuality by yeah. like saying oh no i'm strictly a lesbian or i'm strictly straight or i'm strictly like nothing yeah like they're less willing and and some people are even less willing to identify strictly as bisexual but there yeah. there's more people are more or less worried about identifying yeah themselves. no i like that when people do things of like well my today my gender identity is you know i'm feeling this you know yeah it's just well i think we're getting more and more closer to not having to rely so heavily on those labels to define who we are as people mm -hmm. and we're just people mm -hmm. which i think 
is getting us closer and closer to to a situation where equality isn't going to be something that's going to have to be fought for as hard as we have to right now. Because when you get closer and closer to not putting yourself in boxes, Mm -hmm. automatically there's less barriers to push. Yeah. So when you self-identify just as a person, Mm -hmm. you're more willing to see diversity around you. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think what's the next generation is really pushing towards, which right. is nice. And I see, I think we'll see a lot of that in the movie today of like Hedwig, she's not a good character. Like she's really unsettled and it, it has a lot to do with, you know, her trying to find her identity. Yeah. So she's not good to the people around her. Yeah. But we'll see how it ends up. How it ends up. <laughs> Xander, are you excited? <laughs> Do nothing if you're really <laughs> excited. Yay. Yay. Okay, let's uh let's, let's go, go check go it out. It. Let's go watch. Do 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 That poor oven. <laughs> the poor oven? Like well, the poor child, yes, but why mm-hmm. in the oven? Because the apartment was so small. I know, but it's in Germany, so there's so many connotations that I took from that that were terrifying. Oh. Putting children in ovens. It's a, it's a multi-layered movie, even even to this day, still seeing new things about it. <laughs> Ashley, what'd you think, yo? It was good. It was really, really good. I really liked... Uh, <laughs> uh Hedwig as mm-hmm. a character mm-hmm. and uh, like the performances were really good mm-hmm. um the movie itself I think really gra- latched on to the um unreliable narrator trope mm. which was really nice um because we didn't always know what was the truth and what was fiction it was always and we never got any of that really resolved yeah which um, I like at the end, I was like, the rest of the movie is really just up to your interpretation. Yeah, and bye, and, peace out, reality. <laughs> but I think a lot of it was. I don't. Mm-hmm. I I really think there's so many things that you can take from it that are so personalized to the the person watching it. It's mm-hmm. so subjective, and I think that's that's the intention of the show completely. Yeah. It's not. It's about Hedwig's story, but it's also about your story. So it's it's kind of like you t- latch on to the things that you person you you hold dear to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like there were a lot, there was lots of Catholic imagery. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> There's and and it's interesting coming from the standpoint that in Berlin they weren't allowed to really focus on Christianity because mm-hmm. of what Hitler did. At least, like, what they were alluding to mm-hmm. in, in the backstory about how his mother basically said that Jesus was corrupt. Yeah, Jesus was like Hitler. Jesus was like Hitler, yeah. And which is, you know, coming from it in today's time is a little scary. when Because yeah. anytime any type of religion gets radicalized, it is corrupt. It is. It does hurt a mass amount of people. And when you did go through something as traumatic as Germany went through, because, you know, a lot of the people didn't really know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And then when it's revealed, it's like, yeah, Christianity is fucking evil. Mm -hmm. So it was just interesting 
like yeah. that kind of stuff. And that's stuff that like you're like, oh, there's so much Christianity. Like the imagery, I'm like, that's something like I don't pick up. Like you said, like you yeah. take what appeals <laughs> to you, and I'm like, I'm all about like the punk rockers. Yeah, that, like that stuff. Well, and it's it's it spoke to me on the the midwest mm-hmm. level yeah like yeah all these things i forgot about until i'm watching it with you and i'm like oh yeah kansas city <laughs> <laughs> but it was also it it really and and this is something that i i took away from it and it's really kind of like sinking in solidifying now so this might come up later where i'm like oh wait no i was wrong earlier but it really felt like because i believe that tommy didn't really exist I really okay. do. I don't believe... I do believe that Tommy exists. I don't believe that Tommy exists. I feel like Tommy was the projection of who Hedwig wanted to be. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be this little Christian Catholic kid in bumfuck Kansas. You know, growing up the American life. Like, the way mm-hmm. that he talks about America is is this idealized, kind of beautiful way that a lot of kids that grow in the, up in the Midwest believe mm-hmm. about America. And as a kid from the Midwest, I really linked to that. And that's why I don't believe that Tommy really exists mm-hmm. existed or Tommy existed as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. to deal with the trauma yeah. that Hansel or Hedwig was going through. Yeah. And like, yeah, I said, I, I believe Tommy exists. And it's just like that one person that you feel is your soulmate and is a part of you and just the whole lesson of you got to love yourself, Hedwig, like the whole the imagery that the that the show uses with the, the two faces mm-hmm. uh, together. And then at the end, just one, one whole face. face. Yeah. The, I really like that. As we were saying, like, yeah, we get to end with it being like, love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the overall reaching message of the movie. And it's interesting that the character, the character choice, like the the choice when creating the character, was to make this a character from East Berlin, mm-hmm. because uh, the Berlin was separated right for it's a whole so long division, and so to have the character who mm-hmm. always feels like there is a division between himself or exactly. herself or whoever they want to be. Mm-hmm. I guess we could go with they pronouns. Yeah, I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure what to call Hedwig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, like, I'm like, don't come after us for misgendering or mispronoun, you know. Well, yeah, because Hedwig, I think, can be anything. Yeah. She could be a she, she could be a he, she could, it could go either way. Right, yeah, and we had talked about this uh, in our own lives when we were really excited about the show that you had said, like, oh, Neil Patrick Harris refers to Hedwig as she and... and Darren Chris refers to Hedwig as he, you know, yeah. like it's who, how they bring themselves to the role. Yeah. So, the, and, and, and I think that's what's so unique about it is that there is that ability and it goes back to, I guess, to what I was saying in the intro about like our, our the, the generation after us leaning more towards seeing the person rather than seeing the gender, mm-hmm. which I, th- or, or even the sexuality yeah. of it like and i think that was great was the sexuality of hedwig wasn't necessarily important to who hedwig was hedwig or Han- like hedwig i feel like hansel was 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 gay and at the time in berlin mm-hmm. couldn't be that yeah so had to be a woman to get out mm-hmm. and but wasn't necessarily a transgendered woman yeah that's something John Cameron Mitchell has also said that 
he doesn't see Hedwig as being transgender because the operation was forced upon him. Yeah. But I can see where a transgendered person would find truth truth in that story kind of thing. Because, I mean, uh, we worked on a movie about a transgender man, Joe. You were the script supervisor. It was April's. Oh, right. And about how you have to go through these procedures that are so medically gendered. Yeah. That it's embarrassing and it feels forced upon you. Yeah. It was a, a transgender man going to get a pap smear. At the gynecologist. Yeah. Yeah. Before his gender reassignment. Right. So I can see like, you know, finding... Finding a common connection out connection uh, connectivality between like ha- feeling like certain procedures and certain things are forced upon you, even though you don't feel like that as a person. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, it's like when so we just watched things. that Queer Eye episode. Yeah. So he wanted to get the, the gender marker Skyler on, on his license, Skyler. Yeah. And it was such like a huge task to overcome. Yeah. I'm hoping that as a society we are making that a little bit easier. I know. With every step forward, there feels like there's two steps back. But the the next generation really does give me a little bit of hope mm-hmm. in terms of not just progressive ideals, but in terms of just empathy and compassion and, and showing humanity, at, like treating humanity as humanity instead of as this gendered thing where the men have to be in control and the women are subservient and all that bullshit. There's lots of hope. And I think that's what this movie talks about. Yay. What do you think about it? You know, he created the character, I think, in 1998. And then this movie was in 2001. Uh, of the movies we've been watching from that time, you know, like, especially queer movies, like, But I'm a Cheerleader came out in 1999. And then we just did that other movie. I feel like this this ages so much better than like kissing jessica sign or something like that uh this is about on par with because i'm a cheerleader mm-hmm. on on how it aged mm-hmm. um even the musical of rent which came out in the in the mid 90s doesn't, doesn't age, age well, well. Yeah. no not like this this aged really well and i think it's because it's so simple in its idea of humanity like it that's the focus is is person a person being a person and you know being empathetic of that person and and then finding you know who they are as a person instead of what society is telling them to be Mm -hmm. and so that i think is a common theme that's gone back since the egyptians i mean yeah there's stories about just people right uh they cover uh one of Plato, the the story, the origin of love was was Plato. Yeah, they cover that in this movie, and and I think that's what makes it age so well. Like, there's definitely parts of the movie where I'm like, oh, the e- this is so two thousand, <laughs> that like the editing style or yeah. or the style of the times. But I don't feel like the story itself is strictly restricted to that time period. Which is why I think they also revived it on on Broadway, actually, on Broadway. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to take place in the 80s. The only thing that I think keeps it stuck in time is... How old uh, Hedwig, uh, how old is? Hed- Hedwig is, is, is the, the Berlin story. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Hedwig could be Hedwig from any age. Like, mm-hmm. that's the interesting thing about it, is it doesn't necessarily have to be in their 
30s or 20s or whatever. It doesn't have to be a story from a certain age. It This is not a generational thing or it's not something that once you get wise and 40 you'll realize these certain things it's <laughs> it's more of anybody can have these struggles i just want it to be like and hedwig's like well i'm turning 30 so now i'm all alone like yeah the rom-com struggle yeah but i don't feel that like no, at all like, not at all like growing up is and i think which makes hedwig an even more realistic story with even how surreal it is yeah yeah I think what Hedwig does great is like when we're when we're growing up and when we're little, we're all like, oh, when you're when you're this age, you'll understand. Or when you're this like there's that idea that once you become an adult, you have all the answers. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you think as a kid. And that's not like I don't feel like I want an adult to come and take care of things for me because (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. We never know. It's honest. I guess it's, mm. it's it's honest about being an adult. Like, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You don't and know. And I think so, like, also Hedwig performing to a bunch of, like, old Midwesterners yeah. of, like, well, this is who I am. Yeah. Can we talk about Hedwig and Yitzhak's relationship? I did not know they were married. Yeah. I don't know if they are, like, actually married. Because I feel like in, in text, it's always Yitzhak is referred to as Hedwig's boyfriend. But I know she had, uh, Yitzhak, he goes, I want divorce. So, yeah. Hedwig, I don't know when Hedwig would have married Yitzhak in the, the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That that was, that's something I felt like was slightly a plot hole. Yeah. They have a, they do have a bad relationship where Hedwig is very controlling. Yitzhak used to do drag before, but yeah. Hedwig does not allow it. Yeah. She strictly wants him to be the man. Mm-hmm. And and you can see that in just how he dresses. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like Hedwig controlled her bandmates so much because she was so out of control internally. Well, I think she wanted everybody to play their role. Mm-hmm. Because she, but she didn't necessarily know who, what her role was. Yeah. She was very lost. Yeah. She's very lost. She, she always felt like it's like you can see in the animation her paired with all the men and all the men left her. Yeah. And then her mom mm-hmm. did something horrible to her. I mean, she's the doctor. Uh, it's it's very subtle. The doctor that her mom recommended for the sex change was it like a podiatrist. Yeah, it was a it was foot, a foot doctor. doctor. <laughs> well, and I think that's just comes her mom. Her mom, I felt really Hansel's mom. I felt like really wanted to get Hansel out of East Berlin. Hansel's mom is Hedwig. Yes, Hansel's. That's where it, like, yeah. it gets really confusing. So that's why I'm like, I want to make sure that we're yeah. delineating who we're talking about because Hansel becomes Hedwig. Yeah, she gifts her her name. Her name. Yes, and so I think she did that strictly because she wanted to get her her son out of East Berlin. Mm. And I don't know if there was any judgment there. There was something really traumatic going on with the mom character yeah like that's where i feel like there's some trauma there that could be explored in in further iterations there there's there's something there with the mom character that isn't explored that's kind of being hidden Mm -hmm. which is interesting to me and i want to know but there's something personal there that hedwig isn't exploring about Mm. her mom can you see how this uh this movie is like a like a one-woman show 
Oh, yeah. I feel like what the one <laughs> with the show is, mm-hmm. is you're a stop on her tour. Yeah. And so you're you're going to be getting different stories and different emotional reactions every night. Yeah. And it's not like a traditional musical where you do learn a lot of about her through her songs but some of the songs are just plain emotional yeah you know just her feelings like in poetry yeah and and it's hard to train like i think the animation was a really good choice Mm -hmm. to translate some of that stuff but there's this it's an interesting style of rage Mm -hmm. in in how it's portrayed because it's not always raw emotion it's it's kind. It's sometimes pointed and it's sometimes self-contained. Like when she rips Isak's passport up, mm-hmm. that's like self-contained. That was a dick fucking move because Isak kept, uh, the entire time is wearing what he wants to do on his chest. He wanted mm-hmm. to be fucking Angel and Rent, mm-hmm. which I'm sure he would have been fantastic as. Yeah. Angel with a beard. I would have <laughs> loved it. Yeah. So there's this interesting thing of the characters having to hide their motivations from Hedwig where Hedwig doesn't even know what her motivations are but I still think Tommy is not real mm. I'm gonna constantly go back to that I think I think you're right that John Cameron Mitchell would want you to interpret it that way but I think also kind of interpret it both ways oh there's so much room yeah. for interpretation <laughs> but I'm I'm going with the Batman theory here <laughs> no i just yeah, yeah yeah for for you and i'm like for me it's just like it's a i'm like tommy really i get that tommy is a piece of himself but in the physical like as a person who is a piece of you like yeah for me it just for it to be that way mm-hmm. it would somewhat be upsetting because in in a sense hedwig kind of takes advantage of him when they first meet and somewhat rapes him or it can be taken as that because mm-hmm. he's masturbating in the tub and she finishes him off. Mm-hmm. So it can be taken. There was no consent there. Well, he did have the door open. He was like looking at her. That's true. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's there's blurry lines there. There's there's some things <laughs> okay. that I would take issue with if Tommy was a real person. Okay. So I think it's easier for me for him to be like this, the internalized version of Hedwig. Okay. So, Hedwig starts out in Kansas City. As all movies start. <laughs> all you want to find the shittiest place in the country. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> we're, we're joking because Ashley lived there. There are actual fucking tumbleweeds. Mm. People are always texting on the highway. Oh, gosh. There's Chris Kobach and Sam Brownbeck. And I don't ever want to go back. Okay, so Hedwig performs at these restaurants. They're they're pretend restaurants called Bilge Waters. Yes, which was really hard for me to like take the St. Louis out of me because I was like, there is nothing across the street from Bush Stadium. <laughs> there is a parking lot, yeah. sir. <laughs> so we meet Hedwig right away with the song "Tear Me Down." You know, trying kind of telling her life story, but also the story of the Berlin Wall, because you know. Berlin Wall was was there was there and torn down and then we also hear Yitzhak being like Hedwig is like that wall the division between east and west man and woman maybe in the future we can ta- have it be about America and Mexico America and Mexico tear down that wall tear down the wall <laughs> <laughs> I am very political today because I am very cynical about life yeah 
Okay, then we're at the motel. We see Yitzhak with all the wigs, brushing the wigs. There were so many wigs. Mm-hmm. Then they slowly disappeared. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Sam would call it symbolism. Yeah. There's also um, the the hairstylist, the wig stylist. As Hedwig goes on in the movie, you see more and more like roots. Yeah. They would just take like Sharpies and like darken the wigs. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. You see Yitzhak trying on a wig for the first time, you know, finding that sense of peace until Hedwig barges in and he's like, ah. Let him do drag. Yeah. It's he a- looks so fantastic at the end. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what those shoes were, though. I was like, what are those shoes? <laughs> because they look like, so they looked like the cross between a wedge and a stiletto. Mm-hmm. Like the wedge was so skinny. They were platform shoes. But they, but they were still a wedge. I notice things that okay. are stupid. I know you do. You're <laughs> not stupid. You just notice things <laughs> and you fixate. And I'm like, I okay. <laughs> they have like an intimate moment together where they go to kiss and... Tommy comes on TV and, you know, just interrupts the moment. You hear Tommy singing the same song that Hedwig was singing. Because he stole it. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, wouldn't it be, It could be interesting if Hedwig actually... Okay, this is just going with my stupid theory that Tommy isn't real. Um, that Hedwig has DID. What's that? It's uh, you have, it's identity... Pers- it's personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Where you have separate identities within yourself and you present yourself differently whenever like some there's a show about it mm-hmm. it's a uh, united states of tara mm-hmm. and she has different personalities she has like the the 50s housewife that lives within her it's uh tony collat well i mean like that's kind of what the the wig in the box song is about yeah of like hedwig puts on the different wigs and she can be anybody yeah maybe she does this is this is and that's new identity. it's not mm-hmm. a it's not a thing that's been around for very long it was added to the dsm about 10 years ago. Okay. So then there's another show in St. Louis. Cross from Bush Stadium, which doesn't exist. Yeah. She starts talking about her connection to Tommy. And we learn about the lawsuit. It's just like the slideshow of like, you know, this international icon. <laughs> icon. Icon. I like, there's just so many like little ways. The acting I really liked. Just yeah, like the no, the acting was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the way that she used the microphone in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I know. This is Ashley over here trying to contain herself of not swinging the yeah, microphone. I really around. want to <laughs> swing the microphone like Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> but, like, there were times where she held it very lightly. Mm-hmm. And then there were times where she was very aggressive about it or even held it like a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And, and there were different ways that it, things manifested. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. And and I like that, I don't know, it's part of me, I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, these are Broadway people, but it doesn't seem like it's the stereotypical, like, ugh, Broadway no, people. No, they're not, the- they don't come off as theater people, they came off, come off as real mm-hmm. people, and, and they didn't come off as over the top. Yeah. And I think that's, part of that is because the characters are, are already over the top. Yeah, and I think also because they had been developing the characters. For so long. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like I said, Miriam Shore was Yitzhak originally, too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're back at the hotel. Uh, we see some of them playing games. We see Phyllis Stein, the manager. Did you love Phyllis? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so she's in something. Else. What is she fam- like famous for? What I think lately she's you know in my big fat Greek wedding. That's what it is. Yeah. I was like, she's a 
she's a lady that I laugh at all the time. Uh-huh. What is her? What? I know her face. Mm-hmm. What is she in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, she's Lula. The, she, yeah, she's my favorite. She's, yeah. She makes the movie. <laughs> no, she's great. And she's the manager. She's planning. We're hearing about how they're following Tommy on his tour. Yeah. They're doing a shadow tour. Mm-hmm. For the lawsuit. So, let's see. Hedwig has sex with Yitzhak. And then we learn the story of Hansel uh, through the diary and the drawing and the animations. I like that her diary, or his diary was basically, like, on toilet paper. Yeah. And it was rolled up. Mm-hmm. Hansel's father was an American G.I., but also molested Hansel when he was younger. Yeah, that was left for interpretation. Uh, well, his mom kicked out and yelled "pervert." Yes, but at the same, it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, were they just sleeping together? Because there's only one bed. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it seemed like it was just an assumption. It's it's you don't know for sure. Like again, there's that unreliable narrator thing. Yeah. Like. She definitely pushes you towards that direction, well, but is that actually true? The the what she's saying too is she's saying, you know, I think about all the people who have touched me in my oh, life. Oh, that's true. See, I took it as emotional touch. Yeah, there's that, but then also she does that. She plays with words all the time. Yeah. Like half the things she says are are like jokes and like setups and punchlines, but like truth. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's that uh, it's that unreliable. Like there's yeah. this thing that it's it's like. I believe that, yes, she most likely was molested. I don't want to make that assumption because there's that assumption that molestation turns you gay or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that to be a part of her truth. Yeah. But um, just that something about how she presents all of this stuff that it it could be true, but it could also be just a narrative that she's Mm -hmm. the persona that she's putting on. So there's that interesting thing Mm -hmm. of how unreliable she is. Because it is for her show. Yeah. So it's, is it to gen up sympathy? Is it like, there's just, there's a line that she rides that makes it so hard to say that certain things are fact, Mm -hmm. which I think is why a lot of people like get different, in for interpretations yeah. from it so often. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, this is where we get the origin of love story, which I love. Oh, the animation was so cool. Mm-hmm. And Hedwig wants to find, uh, at this point, find his other half because he is still Hansel in East Berlin. Um, he's gone to university. You know, he's just not doing much in East Berlin. He's sunning. He's sunning. Oh, wait, we're not there. Oh, we're not there yet. Almost there, but not yeah. quite there because it keeps jumping back and forth. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this, about life at six. And the mom compares Jesus to Hitler, but then Hansel is listening to punk on the radio and learns to sing while in the oven. <laughs> yeah. Putting children in ovens is a bad idea, Germany. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, we see the Mensis Fair, which is, you know, the, the funny takeoff of like Lilith Fair. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, you were cracking up the whole time. <laughs> I just love so the water bottle rolls past. <laughs> you could tell it wasn't on purpose, but I like know. John Cameron Mitchell is just so in character all yeah. the time and can do anything as Hedwig. How do you think like he directed this movie? I don't know how. <laughs> he's in every scene. <laughs> he just he's like 
telling the the young lady to come and mm-hmm. she pats the, the wood next to him as he sits down I'm like what are you doing <laughs> the wig for that was great that was my favorite oh, like of the, the wigs the 80s yeah that was my favorite the wig. 80s bob yeah and the the pink sunglasses the rose colored mm. glasses mm-hmm. i loved it yeah okay so then yeah she's telling the story of still looking for love in the 80s as young Hansel, sunning himself on a bombed out church, and then Luther, American GI, uh, mistakes him as a, for a girl. And he's like, girl. <laughs> this man was creepy. Yeah. I did not like him. He didn't like Luther because of the close-ups of his mouth and stuff. And not just that, it just it felt like he was taking advantage of Hansel, and I just didn't like it. Well, he ends up leaving him. He's not, I know. Yeah. He's a jerk. Yeah. The, the bishop in a turtleneck. What do you yeah. think of the little... He spied my little bishop in a turtleneck. <laughs> and then you see the little bishop in a turtleneck. Turtle I thought that was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Especially, like, just the... It's the imagery. Yeah. The imagery that you're getting is all from Hedwig. It, yeah. And so that's why a lot of these things and uh, become, you know, part of the narrative. And, and you don't 100% know what's true and what's, what's fiction. Because... She's painting a story, mm-hmm. and and there's imagery like that, like right. Like I said, it's always it's always a joke. Yeah, it's always a joke, and it's always some fantastical element, mm-hmm. like the gummy bears being three sizes too the big. The gummy bears. The gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luther gives Hansel gummy bears that are you know from the the states, the state side. So they are not the regular gummy bears he's accustomed to. So he tastes. Them power and it frightens him and he yeah. runs off leaving the trail of rainbow carnage <laughs> everywhere <laughs> so this is what i what i took from this was this is when he was discovering that he was gay like mm. that the gummy bears were uh symbolic of giving head mm. and i don't know if that's true Ashley's taken a lot from this movie. <laughs> Ash- Ashley just started like her own like Hedwig course right now. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> because of the, the, the imagery of um, the gummy bears versus the gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Whereas gummy bears are, you know. They're very heteronormative. They're very heteronormative. And then the gummy bears are very rainbow, sugar, yeah. like sweet and, and, and happy and in East Berlin, they would be outlawed, mm-hmm. essentially. So I liked the use of candy. Yes. As a way. He's discovering his sweet tooth. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> discovering his sweet tooth. He's discovering who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he comes back following the trail of, of candy, candy. <laughs> and finds himself a big old sugar daddy. And he's covered in candy, and I love it. He's naked. <laughs> yep. Covered in candy. A pile of candy on his crutch. Again, I don't know. <laughs> I would love to know. I would really love to know if that's what they were shooting for. No, I love it. <laughs> Sugar Daddy is not one of my favorite songs, oh but my I God, still I like love it. I still like it. It's, it's a fun performance. Yeah. The performance is good, but the song itself, like when, for me, if you're listening to it on the album, it's catchy, but not like my favorite. I enjoyed it. It was one of, it's like my one of my top mm. favorites. That and uh, the makeup song. Wig in a Box. Wig in a Box, yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite is Wicked Little Town. I love, I like cry to that song all the time. <laughs> I like Midnight Radio, which is the last song. Midnight Radio is is the most like soulful of yeah. them. Yeah. And, you know, Tear Me Down and 
angry inch are like the iconic songs. Yeah. So I'm like with those, I get sugar daddy gets a little lower for me because I'm like, ah, I just love it. It's Mm -hmm. so it's cute. And just especially in the movie, like he goes out into the crowd and that's what he actually does in the, in the show. And I know that I'm fucking up all of the pronouns, but I'm sorry. It's really hard with Hedwig. Yeah. Because, and and that's a terrible thing to put, like, I'm putting my spin on the character itself, and I'm not really... Tell me tell me what pronouns to use, John. Yeah, you should definitely look up what John Cameron Mitchell has said about Hedwig. It's because I see Hedwig mm-hmm. as a gay man having this forced, mm-hmm. rather than... So is it, it is okay that it's my interpretation, it sounds like. Yeah. Just from reading that. Because Hedwig isn't defining herself. Right. Or himself or, or however. Yeah, John Cameron Mitchell, I feel like, yeah, every couple of years has something to say about how to identify Hedwig. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, just don't worry about it. I feel like that's like where he's getting to now of like Hedwig is just like this. Hedwig being, is Hedwig. Yeah. Hedwig is Hedwig. And that's just this being of man and woman. And, and she doesn't define her. She doesn't define herself. He doesn't define himself. Yeah. It is both. Yeah. You know, and then I feel like if Hedwig actually existed, like, nowadays, then, yeah, Hedwig would say something about it. Yeah. But because this is 2001, there is no, like, part of that in the movie. There's no way for us to go back and get that. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think that, and I kind of like that he's keeping it that way. Mm-hmm. Because John Cameron Mitchell, John Cameron Mitchell is keeping it that way because it's always going to change. And if he defines it now, yeah, it will always have that definition. Yeah. And I I like that he accepts the fluidity of the times of people. And and, and, then that we don't need to know. Yeah. It's it's the interpretation thing again. And I think that's that's interesting for a piece of media, especially for our generation, because we grew up with Harry Potter and we got all of these other explanations and we went to the source and like JK Rowling is still giving us information about yeah. Hogwarts and yeah. backstory and, and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, totally. But it's like, since I watched Hedwig in like 2003 or 2004 and you watch Hedwig in 2018, yeah. it's just like, we are definitely coming at Hedwig in totally different spaces. Yes. So we already brought up Queer Eye. Um, mm-hmm. like with Skylar, mm-hmm. where Bobby was like, "Pride is the pillar." Yes, like it is not all you are. Like that, we're at the point where we have we we don't have to. It doesn't have to be everything that you are. Yeah, like it it's a pillar that holds up you you as a person, but it's not fully you. Right, like every the, all of your facets. It doesn't hold all of it or encompass all of that. Mm-hmm. It I guess it just shows the the time like how far. Mm-hmm. everything has come it's like oh it's actually kind of hopeful like we don't have to be so mad about everything <laughs> <laughs> totally okay it's all up to your own interpretation and seriously if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to us see the movie yeah and i don't want to i don't want yeah. to offend anybody by me fucking up the pronouns i know i want to preface it now it's 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 who i see hedwig as as a person is a gay man mm-hmm. i don't see him as a transgender woman Whereas other people might. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure because, like I said, I keep saying growing up because the movie has been yeah in with me for so long. I, I would describe Hedwig as being transgender. But that's the language. Yeah, you had back then. Right. <laughs> 
not saying that I can't evolve. It's just like it's it's no, it's hard because there's a nostalgia thing, and mm-hmm. there and there's like the no, I know this, I yeah. know what I'm talking like yeah, ah. <laughs> like it's where your opinion influences your quote unquote facts. So it's right. it's it's hard to to break that. Yeah, but it's bias. also Hedwig is not a real person. John Cameron Mitchell is just stated. Yeah, two days ago, I I don't know <laughs> how Hedwig identified. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, like. <laughs> I think he made good points in basically saying that it's not the that's not the important part. That's not the message. Exactly. Okay, so going back to East Berlin, Luther and Hedwig, uh, he wants to marry me, Mama, and take me away. Mm-hmm. And so the mom gifts her her name, Hedwig, but Luther says, "Now, baby, I gotta marry you in East Berlin," which means a full physical. So we gotta. Leave a piece of you behind. Snippity snip snip. That's how growing up is. Yeah, is to give up a part of yourself. Yeah, and that's what love. I think that she also says, and that's what love is, or something like that. Yeah, which I don't know if I agree with that sentiment. No, this is this is kind of an unwanted thing. Yeah, Hedwig still does it though. But as we learn in the next song, Angry Inch, the sex change operation was botched. It was. And now uh, six inches forward, five inches back. She's got an angry inch. I loved the the part about how her first day of a, as a yes. woman. This is the song my mom didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just, oh. <laughs> really? Do you Clutching have- at her pearls. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. My first day as a woman, already that time, time of the of month. The month. <laughs> it's a brilliant line. That really sucks. <laughs> this song is not going over well in the Baltimore bilge waters. And so what happens in Baltimore? A fight. Yeah, there's a big <laughs> fight. And it is hilarious. Like a lot of these things are terrible, but also hilarious. Because you get like everybody just jumping and it's just very cartoony yeah. anarchy. Yeah. You know. It's very much like a parody of what Baltimore is. Yeah. That's what I felt. That's why I felt it had to ha- like that song had to happen in Baltimore. Mm. And then there's the part where Hedwig jumps and, and then flies. flies. It always reminds me of um, Pee Wee Herman. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of, too. <laughs> and then we're back, lands in Junction City and is dumped by Luther in a trailer. Yep. Jerk. Mm-hmm. And his fucking gold sunglasses. Yeah, he's got a new uh, boy friend. Oh, that was his boy? I didn't know who that was. That was weird. I assume it's his new lover boy. <laughs> this is what I started to feel like, was that Luther is, he likes them very young. Yeah. Again, this is why I didn't like him. Mm-hmm. It's my interpretation of him, be- and I don't I, I don't want to establish that all gay men are predatory, but that's right. the impression that I got of him. And then, um, oh my God, this sad... This part is is really sad to me where Hedwig is sitting there just and it's just and she's not saying anything and she's just really sad and then she just is really upset about the breakup and then she looks over and she's watching the Berlin Wall come down come on down. TV and the announcer says the people of Berlin are a patient people and good things come to those who wait. And you're just like, "Oh, stab me in the heart." Yeah. <laughs> so then Hedwig uses her coping mechanism skills, becomes other people yeah wig in a box i love it yeah 
And then the band members which all appear around her trailer. Yeah. yeah. This is a great this is a great The tiny scene. drums. Yes. <laughs> I'm always like I've 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 got I've often gone back and forth of which guitar player I find hotter. <laughs> I'm like, who who is my pretend boyfriend in this band? The drummer for me. No! He's so gross. <laughs> that long curly hair. But he was amusing. Yeah. To me, you can be sexy, ugly. We've learned this. Oh yes. <laughs> Today I was feeling the Billy, the Billy Idol lookalike guy. Oh, uh, spiky hair dude. Yeah, yeah. He was really nice at the end when his spikes were like red tipped. Mm-hmm. That was nice. It was like this is so two thousands, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like two thousands, me also was into it. Yeah. Two thousands, <laughs> me was still obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. So. Yeah. Okay, so we're in Providence, Rhode Island, woo woo, at a Tommy meet and greet, and they can't get in. So Hedwig is just seething with rage, rage, internal rage. Yeah. So they go to the laundromat, and she calls out the the bassist for putting a bra in the dryer, and is just very angry. Which we- she can, she should yell at me because I put my bras on. This is where I learned you don't <laughs> from Hedwig. I do it. Hang dry that shit. They still fit. They still are formed mm-hmm. properly. Yitzhak sees the casting call for the Polynesian tour of. It took him Rent. so long. This leads to later on one of my favorite lines of "Fuck you, I'm going to Guam." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which should be on a T-shirt. Yes. That's a great line. That's later. So. For this next large chunk of the movie, we learn about Tommy and their relationship and how it all came to be. As we said, we started out babysitting for the baby of General Speck. One of his sons is Tommy. So masturbating in the bathtub, jerks him off. Leaves her card. Leaves her card. And then Tommy goes and sees her perform. My favorite song, Wicked Little Town, with the Korean army wives. Yeah. (laughs) Kwang Yi! (laughs) (laughs) On the guitar. Oh my god, the wig. Mm. This was giving me Sia vibes. Oh, you know what? You know who used to have hair exactly like that? Was the lead singer, Amy Echo, of the start, who was around this time, too. Mm -hmm. Yes. But yes, also Sia is doing that now. But I'm like, this is what... Sia stole it from this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's something I'm like, I've, I've always been envious of that hairstyle. If I ever get to meet Lady Gaga or Seer, I'm going to ask them if they've seen this movie. Yeah, I'd be like, so heavily influenced by Hedwig, are ya? <laughs> <laughs> well, who isn't? They hang out. Tommy talks about God, specifically relates it to his own daddy issues. Yes. They spend six months together where she's training him and also changing him grooming him grooming him this is what i do to all my boyfriends hedwig is just like the ultimate pageant mom yeah (laughs) they start writing the songs together and she gives him his name tommy gnosis the greek word for knowledge one day tommy is upset and then comes to see hedwig because you know he's upset about his fucking father man kicking things yeah gonna take down my whole house I love yeah, how, how gentle Hedwig is in yeah. this scene. It calms him down. And Tommy wants to talk about love. Like, what do you think love is? And she goes, I think love is immortal. Love is creation. Love is procreation. 
you coming in my house wanting to recreate with me? (laughs) (laughs) And I, will always love you. That's a great joke in this movie. Yes. (laughs) With the freaking clotheslines. Mm -hmm. There were so many clotheslines. That there was. It's amazing. Just floating through the clothes. I I loved how, like, sensual it was, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Sam was like, is he getting greasier and gothier every time you go through the clothes? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) I think. Yes, it's Tommy's physical transformation as well, too. As you call it, gothy emo boy. (laughs) Gothy emo Catholic boy. He looks... Like Trent Reznor. Yes. He started out looking like, you know, kind of overweight, really dorky god kid to now looking like Trent Reznor. Yeah. With greasier hair. Yeah. And a cross on his forehead. Yeah. So they are kissing um in this voiceover, Hedwig, noting how they haven't really been physical at all during this whole time. And now Tommy is... Tommy hasn't gotten to know her front. Right. Has been ignoring the front of her, but now is aggressively kind of feeling her up. But then the hand goes down the front of Hedwig's skirt. Skort. (laughs) I don't know what uh, that was. Yeah. But then uh, Tommy becomes a real bad person right now because he's like, "Uh, what what is that? Which Hedwig gracefully responds with, it's what I have to work with. Which, I mean, fuck him, because you don't know. Like, it could be genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. It could be a botched surgery. It could it could be a number of things. Be oversized clitoris. Yeah. Like, fuck him. Yeah. Yes. Because then he's like, oh, I, my mom was... Which, I like Hedwig's response of hitting him. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. I mean, she said she was honest with him. Yeah. When Tommy is faced with reality. So how does this buy into your uh, Tommy isn't real theory? Well, if it goes into the, the, the whole DID theory is somebody who has dissociative identity disorder doesn't know. Well, the core person, know, like your core personality knows, but the alternative personalities don't necessarily know about one another. Mm-hmm. I think that's at play. Like they're just two sides of the same of the of the same coin. We'll go with that stupid phrase. Hedwig isn't hasn't been necessarily honest with herself mm-hmm. about what was done to her, mm-hmm. and so she's like Tommy is faced with the reality of that, mm-hmm. and that she necessarily can't handle it. Mm. That she wants to, and that's where the this is what I have to work with comes from, but. She also wants to run away. There's a part of her that wants to run away from it. Yeah. I definitely get that feeling. Okay. Okay, so now we're in New York City. End of the tour. Yitzhak comes into the hotel room, announces that he got the part of Angel. The fuck you, I'm going to Guam. Line, which is great. Yeah. Which, this entire scene, Hedwig doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And they're all in this tiny little New York hotel room mm-hmm. and a pizza guy is standing behind her yeah the and we entire just come, scene and we just come off the scene this like memory of yeah. tommy leaving her and now isak is going to leave her mm-hmm. so she holds up his passport mm-hmm. and basically is saying no you're not fucking going and then rips his fucking passport into pieces in front of him 
and everybody essentially even the pizza guy who's still there yeah. which really bothered me i for didn't some notice that no, until you said that and now it just made me laugh <laughs> i'm like oh my god you're right the pizza guy's right behind her <laughs> but it's also like he's wearing the red shirt so he's the rage yeah it's like behind her you know? yeah there's definitely some symbolism in the scene and then um it's it's just all of her rage is simmering underneath mm-hmm. and so she rips his passport up and so then they leave yeah phyllis is like you don't You're need, a monster yeah you don't need my help anymore so they all leave hedwig and so three weeks later hedwig turn, turn, turns to hooking yeah and tommy picks her up in his limo and they don't say anything for a while and then you see him right on the cd yeah and I thought he was autographing. Yeah. It. Yeah. I was so angry. I think everybody thinks that at first. <laughs> and then when you see it, it's he's written, you know, songs written by Tommy Noses and Hedwig Robinson. Which so is a nice gesture. It's a gesture. But also, fuck him. Yeah, so they're singing along. He's fucked up some of the lyrics, you know, so they have this fight. But then She's they, so insulted. Yeah. Then they start kissing, to which you were yelling, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> And they hit a they hit a truck and they get arrested because he like mug shots on the paper, which Hedwig Hedwig's is great. <laughs> At this point, we get some newspaper clippings and some interviews and stuff that Tommy is busted in that the lawsuit has come through and and Hedwig everything Hedwig was saying was true because they were seen together. Yeah. So Tommy's. Like, stock has gone down. You know, Hedwig is rising to fame, appearing on Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> For reasons. For reasons. When they perform at the, the Bilgewater's Times Square, she enters the room to everybody applauding. But, like... She's got her rage hair on. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell the roots are black, black, black. Her Janet Jackson teased yes. angry hair. <laughs> no, it's like... It's Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, that's who, yeah. Yeah. Spiky hair. Yeah. and But, like, her face, too. She's not happy. She's not happy. It's like she's gotten everything she's wanted right now. The recognition that she's been looking for through the whole movie, but, you the know. The inside isn't fixed. Right. She's not whole. She's always been looking to be whole with yeah. someone else. So then they perform Hedwig's Lament, which pretty much everybody takes a piece of you. And then yeah. you're all cut up and you're... She pulls her tomato boobs out. Mm-hmm. She, she hits herself. Yeah. She takes off her wig, which is the first time in the whole movie that you see Hedwig without a wig on. And just, like, starts ripping... Stripping down. Stripping down. Her sa- her shower gar- dress. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of escapes and goes to Tommy's show across the street, which nobody is at. And this is kind of like this weird kind of fantasy sequence. This is where Tommy dies. <laughs> the the Tommy part of her dies. Yes. Yes. Well, I don't, not necessarily dies, but she's come to accept yeah. the Tommy part of her. Yeah, because she's also crying, too. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a goodbye. The Tommy, Tommy does say goodbye to her. Like, the, the lyrics, he's doing Tommy's version of Wicked Little Town. Yeah. And pretty much what he's saying is, I don't think that there's soulmates there's no cosmic lover pre-assigned you've made all these changes but you're still the stranger when you look at yourself sort Mm -hmm. of thing like these are the things that he's singing to him and she's 
I think getting it and crying and nodding. Yeah, that part of that that line always speaks to me. The it seems the stranger's always you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's very true mm-hmm. to life. Is we, we are the ones who make ourselves the strangers in certain situations. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Tommy says goodbye, and like. We got like Hedwig closing her eyes and then when it's opened again, she's back in the bilge waters, but everything is white now. And she's dressed like Tommy mm-hmm. with yeah. the cross on her forehead. Right. So it's like she had stripped down and that's how Tommy was dressed too. They're both wearing just the black, well, Hedwig was wearing the black shorts and Tommy was wearing the black pants, but it was cut yeah. off so you can, they were both shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the cross on her head now. So it's just like, how do we, how do we take that interpretation? I mean, you could do the whole Hannah Montana situation. <laughs> well, it's also like you were saying, like, Tommy was the person that she wanted to be, but never kind of felt that she could be. Yeah. But maybe she's like, well, I created this. This is me. Yeah. And creation is love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then performs Midnight Radio, which is an homage to all the great punk rock women who have mm-hmm. come before. Yeah. Our influences. And then hands off the wig to Yitzhak, which I love that scene too. When he falls and does the trust fall into the crowd mm-hmm. and then becomes Yitzhak and drag, we don't ever get his drag name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the female presenting Yitzhak. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like in the slow mo, because slow mo was not at all used as much as it's used now mm-hmm. uh, in the 2000s. So it was so poignant. It felt so thought out on how they did that Mm -hmm. i don't know and it's a song about paying tribute yeah well and being yourself like being who you are and hedwig's able to let go of that control of yitzhak passing on the torch when i think what was nice about it was that she realized she didn't have to have control Mm -hmm. that control wasn't going to make her safe yeah and then uh hedwig is walking out naked in the streets and we see the tattoo that we had seen earlier was the the, the two faces the two separate. faces uh-huh and, and now they're together now it's one whole face, face. Uh, he is whole he is whole and off to the unknown yep and that's how it ends it's walking into the in an alley uh-huh. in new york naked but naked yeah i think it's like kind of stripped of all the things that define the person that they have been you know or that they felt that they had to be right yes that's what i meant to say (laughs) you know every day we wake up and we get dressed and we decide what role we're playing that day (laughs) what our armor is Mm -hmm. because that's what it to me that's what it is like it's all about keeping yourself safe the movie is deep you can take a lot more out of it than what we're saying also and well, and, and we, I could have this set in and I'd be like, oh, I should have said this on the podcast or oh, I should have. Like, there's so many little itty bitty things that you can latch on to that, you know, are very personal to you. There, mm-hmm. are, there are many things that you, you could say, fuck you, your interpretation is totally wrong. And I'm OK with that because fuck you. It's my interpretation, bro. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> bro. <laughs> I think that's what makes the movie so... It still resonates. Mm-hmm. Relevant, I yeah. guess, is the thing. And that's why we're still interviewing. Yeah, they're still going. John Cameron Mitchell, what do you think of Hedwig? Yeah. It would be like today. 
Yeah, which I'm. I feel so happy now that I just I, I shared this with you, Ashley. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it feels like a gift. It is a gift. Thanks, John Cameron Mitchell. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do hashtag accurate. And like I said earlier, when I read the description, I'm like, eh. Justine can do it better. But then, like, as we're talking about it, I'm like, I don't know, but it's so many things. Yeah, but the last line just undercuts everything. The last line is terrible. See, I don't think it, I think there needs to be prefaced of the, uh, the botched, after a forced sex operation goes horribly wrong, mm-hmm. East German glam rocker. Uh, see, I wouldn't even because he wasn't a glam rocker yet. Mm-hmm. East German glam rocker Hedwig travels across the United States with the stage show, creating a shadow tour for her ex boyfriends because they weren't ever former bandmates, really, either. They performed together, they wrote together. Yeah, but yeah, I don't why it's a sticking point in this telling her life story and telling her ba- bringing down the divides that's why yeah like, that's what's important to me about this yeah it's, it's like she's tearing down the walls through her offbeat performances mm-hmm. it's hard to boil everything down to I three know, sentences because then you're going to be like if you if you're really trying to do it like the netflix way of like a transgender woman stalks her ex-boyfriend across the country singing songs in restaurants yeah <laughs> The Netflix description. <laughs> That's what I Because they do it in one run-on Sent- sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I couldn't do it better. Yeah. On a journey. That's what I'm like, it's a on journey. On a journey yeah. to tear down walls. There. That's how... That should be the last With, sentence. Uh, but in, at any means... At any Ooh. cost. At any cost. That's That's a Hedwig philosophy. You're so extreme in your passion that you are destructive. Or we'll just take the line of Hedwig recounts all the people she's come upon and all the people who have come upon her. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There it is. Okay. What's next? We do things. We do ratings. So you said you already had your thing. Yeah. Go for it. I give this movie five gummy bears. Gummy bears. Gummy bears. <laughs> Um, I give this movie five sing-along segments. Five? What? Ashley, do you know you've never this season given a movie a five? Well, because fuck this year. <laughs> I feel like this is just a movie that transcends a lot of things. Put on some makeup. Sorry, you said the sing-along part. Yep. And take the wig down from the shelf. Excellent. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Five and five. Watch this movie. Yeah. Okay, we got to wrap up. Yeah. We've got a mailbag. Oh, that's right. Ashley, would you care to read our latest awesome review that we've gotten? I'll never find it. This is from Claire from Dragons, Sexy Robots, and Adventures, a nerd manual podcast. That's a a title. Very long title. But it's memorable. It is memorable. It's a really good podcast. They actually, like, look shit up, unlike us. (laughs) We look shit we up. We did this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The title of Claire's review is These Girls Know Their Stuff. Have you listened to us? Because we don't. <laughs> I like how we just said. We just said it. <laughs> We're like, we don't know shit. Okay. And here's our review. These girls. Are, oh, my. Oh. <laughs> are you sure, Claire? Are you sure? 
We love you, Claire. We do. <laughs> she's in our she's in our Lady Pod Squad Slack, so it's like someone we actually know and talk to. And- <laughs> Finally, a lady centric film podcast. It's such a blast to relive your favorite 2000s rom-coms with Justine and Ashley. Not only do they have funny, insightful thoughts on aspects of the films you you might have missed, they work in the film industry, so they're always bringing up interesting technical tidbits I would never know otherwise. Five stars all the way. That's all caps. I'm not going to yell it. Five stars! Because I am very loud. Claire actually really does like when we talk about the, the filmmaking process. She's a big fan of that. And I feel bad because we didn't really do that this episode. But we did. We touched on certain things about the editing. Yeah. And I so. mean, we could be snobs and just say mise-en-scene every five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> mise-en-scene. Mise-en-scene. All the mise-en-scene of this film. Oh my God, I hate it. <laughs> Please stop. I hate French us. You hate French us, but you love French me. Okay, I mean, okay. I hate French <laughs> film snobs us. Okay, okay. That is a difference because you are not a French film snob. You're just French. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now that we've established. Now that we established, Ashley should just go back on script. (laughs) I should always just go back on script. (laughs) Next time, you will be bear witness to our magnificent year three wrap up for this season. Um, but after that, we will be starting season four with 2002, finally, <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. By Ashley's request. Yes. I'm so excited. Well, if you like this podcast and want to hear more of our crazy, ridiculous ramblings, why not become a patron? Support the Cutaways Podcast at patreon.com slash cutawayspodcast. Thank you. Seriously, this is all about supporting us monetarily. And that helps us do what we love doing for you if you love doing what we also love doing. What? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I mean, the patrons basically paid for the movie today. Yeah. You guys rock. Thank you, guys. Um, You can find all this information and more at our website, thecutaways.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Justine is all up in the social media. That's right. I'm sometimes there. Even though I totally didn't do any today. <laughs> I was too excited about watching Hedwig. It's okay. It happens. Yeah. I think they all appreciate that we also have lives. Yeah. Uh, please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite pod catcher. Yeah. And the RSS feed will be fixed when I finish the finale of Shooter Season 3. Thank you. In August. <laughs> it will be fixed. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, say the line, Ashley. You say it so well. Fuck you, I'm going to Guam. (laughs) Oh, is that not the line? No, I'm keeping it. (laughs) Bye! Hello. Hi. This is Georgia and Kate from Nothing Rhymes With Murder. Join us on a global journey of murder. Yes, every week we go to a new country and find a true crime gem, as well as some fun hotspots to visit. So remember, kids, life is a journey. Don't let murder stop you. Okay, bye. All right, bye then, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)